Marlowe's Tavern features the best of the best in American tavern fair cuisine. Served in a contemporary atmosphere, enjoy seasonal and fresh inspired chef creations or unwind with one of their handcrafted cocktails. Marlowe's Tavern also caters. If you'd like to learn more about their catering, specifically with the Duluth and Buford location, please visit marlowescatering.com or contact Samantha Gooley directly at 404 641 3006. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Member Spotlight, the monthly radio show and podcast of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce. I am Sarah Persing, the Membership Services Manager for the Gwinnett Chamber, and we are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio here in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Each month, we feature and highlight businesses and business leaders that are members of the Gwinnett Chamber, and this month, we are very excited to showcase some of our recent Gwinnett Small Business Award winners. The Gwinnett Chamber's new Small Business Awards showcase those that dare to start, sustain, and succeed in the community that supports them. They are risk takers, problem solvers, the dreamers, and the doers. And joining us today in the studio are Naveed Tharwani of Gwinnett Drugs, this year's Emerging Entrepreneur Award recipient. This kudos is designated to a young professional who is shaking up the small business space, a true trailblazer. We also have Veronica with Care for All Children's Services, this year's Community Contributor Award recipient. And this recognition pays tribute to an organization that, although small in size, makes a big difference in the lives of others. And finally, we have Mr. Glenn Cruz of UGA's Small Business Development Center, this year's Advocate Award recipient. This designation honors an organization that strengthens the community's small business environment because, after all, the success of a small business is often dependent on the ecosystem it is surrounded by. Congratulations and thank you for joining us today on Member Spotlight. We are going to begin with Naveed Tharwani of Gwinnett Drugs. Hi Naveed. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good, just getting ready for this nice interview here. Uh, (laughs) We're excited to have you. Thank you for joining us today. First of all, tell us a little bit about Gwinnett Drugs, kind of the background of it and what you do in your role. Okay, Um, yeah, so um, our company was started um, in 2013. I personally was a pharmacist who actually worked for a local hospital, um, Gwinnett Medical Center, and um, I always had a passion of being an entrepreneur. So um, I went to University of Georgia, and um, I came out and worked for a little while, and decided you know to take that risk and kind of go that way. I come from a family background of entrepreneurs as well, so we kind of started there, and um, we kind of the focus of the company as we built it was to kind of be different than your out of the box pharmacy that you're used to seeing. So want to bring a, a new vibe and a new um, passion to that field so that's kind of how it got started and it you know you have a you have an idea of what it's going to be when you start it but it's really changes along the way so you know um, it's something a lot different than what we envisioned it in the beginning but it's definitely still um, sticking to the core values of um, why we did what we did. So it's in your blood. Entrepreneurship is just in your blood. Yeah, it's 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 DNA. It's not like it's it's not like something that I really had a choice. I guess <laughs> I just felt like it just it just happened. I don't know. It's hard for 
when you have that kind of mentality, it's really hard to kind of suppress it. And, and you kind of want that freedom to do more. And, you know, I think being an entrepreneur sometimes allows you to have that no matter how good or bad it can be, but it gives you that kind of freedom. Well, what does winning or what did winning the Emerging Entrepreneur Award mean to you? And kind of what was your reaction to winning the award? Uh, the award, I guess, to us is it's, it's great for the recognition and finally kind of being out there, you know, being around for six years. I feel like we've done a lot in the last six years, you know, and it's hard sometimes for people to really see what you're doing unless they're affected by it personally. So this this was a real good opportunity for us to get in front of, you know, other companies, uh, B2B, other avenues that maybe we could help with, work with in the community, let people know that we are here, um, that we have been doing this for a while, and that, you know, we may be a company they want to work with. So the award for us is really more validation to what we already believe, but you know, sometimes, you know, if you're not seen, you're not known, you're not heard, you can't, you can't do what you need to do. So mm-hmm. it really helps us kind of get out there and um, show what we can, we can do for everyone. Oh, for sure. For sure. So you've been recognized as a young professional who is shaking up the small business space, something that does not come without its own challenges and setbacks. What kind of challenges through the years and in, even in your startup and the, the, the vision of, of you having um, Gwinnett Drugs and where it would take you, what challenges did you face? I mean, there were, <laughs> there's a, there were a lot of challenges. I mean, it's going to go from financial challenges to emotional challenges to... I mean everything it's, it really it really tests you in all facets of your of your life because you know when, when you're when you're doing something like this um, it's like a roller coaster you have your really low lows but then you have your really highs when you're like something great happens and my big thing is not to get really trapped in either the the lows or the highs because they're very temporary mm-hmm. and try to keep things even keel so we've had along the way definitely had many different things happen things that you thought were going to happen that didn't happen business forecast you estimated that didn't get hit what do you do but I mean I think it's like those times that you actually the times that you struggle you end up kind of innovating and and kind of figuring out you probably hear this in a lot of startup stories about I stayed in a basement or an apartment or in a garage and this and that but I think those are the those are the environments that that create innovation and it's like it's going to be things like human nature we just kind of um in the worst times and the worst situations we find we try to find the ways out you know we look for those we start thinking about how we're going to fix the situation or get out of the situation so it's like uh there's a book called you know the power of broke i kind of like that book and um it talks about you know when you're there's a power in being not successful at a certain point and that kind of drives you to to figure things out so i think along the way i could list a million different things that happened or actual situations or this happened but I mean I think the moral of the story is um, those situations happen and um, they do make you better for it and they need to happen oh absolutely what was kind of your vision when you were going going into planning to start your own different kind of pharmacy that's not the kind of the corporate chain pharmacy what was your vision in going into that so I was a like I'm used to practicing hospital pharmacy that's kind of where I was so it's more patient care oriented like working in clinics working directly with patients um, and so like I, I when I thought about this company I was like you know what do you get right now when you go to your your just standard pharmacy and what you get is just kind of it's almost like a McDonald's with a little bit of extra sauce <laughs> I don't know but it's not <laughs> it's not like uh you don't get the the value the added value be, just because the way the industry built it's, it's become more of a cost of goods business mm-hmm. um and you see everyone's just struggling to get as much done as fast as they can my vision when I started was how can we get away from product center business yes we'll have a core product but become a services based company so how can we help people 
about their medications. Um, maybe we are teaching them about it. Maybe we're finding out they need more things. So how can we increase av average revenue per user in other ways rather than the prescriptions? Can we do something else? So can we learn about people? And I think when our focus is when you learn about people, you see, oh, they need, they may need this thing, they may need that thing, they may need some. So there's a lot of value in kind of getting to know your customer. And building those relationships for sure. Yeah, and when you build those relationships with people, then they come back, they bring other people back. And like that was my main goal when I started this was to really find a way to get people to know that your pharmacist or your pharmacy is not just the place you go to get your drugs. It's the place you go. They see us, if the stats show, they see the pharmacist more than their doctor, more than any other healthcare provider, to be honest, almost monthly. So, you know, you're the first point of contact, really. So you have a lot of trust, a lot of their trust. Oh, yeah. So it's, we wanted to use that as uh, that, that trust to kind of help, uh, help our products that we want to get out to our patients, help our patients find our products. So it was kind of very, very synergistic, but it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do if you're a corporate company, you have shareholders, all that. So um, you really have to take, you really aren't going to get your, always your consistent earnings per share every quarter, maybe, um, but that's not how we were built. So um, we didn't have to worry about that. That's awesome. And it's it's true what they say. And I, in our in our morning networking programs at the Chamber, we tell people all the time, you got to come to network to build relationships. Don't just focus everything on, I got to make a sale today. I got to make a sale today. Because people are going to do business with people they know and people they trust. And it sounds like you guys are hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, we, um, that's crazy you say that because um, we've done a bunch of Chamber events. We've sponsored some. Um, and you know you just don't realize you build these relationships and like mm -hmm. a year later we were called by a local hospital to do like a pretty large program that we're implementing now and that was a year later so it, it you just don't you don't know you can't always um go in trying to sell that's a very difficult thing to do but when you have the opportunity to sell when someone's asking you can you do this then that's your time absolutely um but you know everything's not a not a sale i guess per se it's yeah. just building relationships and building that trust and you can't time everything no mm -hmm. that's the thing you got to be in i always tell people you got to be in the game that's like right. that's it you don't know you just got to be in the game you don't know when that touchdown's coming you don't know when things are happening but you want to always be playing because something could happen i like that so, I, i'm gonna start using that yeah you got to be in the game that's that's the thing well, what advice would you give to a young professional who may be considering entrepreneurship like you were, maybe in, in a different career, not a different career, but, you know, maybe in one setting and they have this dream and this vision? What advice would you give to them? A couple things is just um, you never know what you're getting into, so don't think you, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> Go ahead and know that, you know, a lot of your outside lifestyle may change. Know the people that you care about. Make sure that they're on board. Because it's going to take a lot of struggle. You're going to need a lot of support. You're not going to be able to meet other people's expectations if you have them. Maybe a wife, a child, or things like that. You need to make sure family. You need to make sure that everyone knows that I'm about to go on this path, and it's and it's unwritten. We don't know what it's going to be, but this is what I want to do. You need to get that support system ready so that you can go. But other things I recommend is you know always like when I started I still held a job somewhere else make sure your basic financial needs are met be very minimalistic if you can live as simple as possible go down that route no one cares what car you're driving in the beginning no one cares about all that stuff I mean that's right. take Uber if you have to that's right <laughs> um but I just the thing is just you gotta you gotta simplify your life before you become an entrepreneur because if you have a complex life outside of that endeavor it's you're, it's going to be hard to be successful because you can't time things. You, you may be working until 3 in the morning. You may be 
not working one day you may have to go here there you just don't know so just just making sure your outside life is is ready for that that adventure that's very good advice so that is very good advice and a lot of people don't think about the the financial aspect of it too like make sure your basic needs are met so that's that's very good advice okay so where can people find out more about Gwinnett Drug I would say you know this this podcast here <laughs> our, our our website is great um you know stopping by calling in the website has a lot of information you know but that's always um more stagnant you know you really don't get a feel for going at drugs till you walk in there or you meet someone who works there but well, if people don't know where you're located where can they come in and find you <laughs> well we're we're in lawrenceville you know you can google going at drugs we're <laughs> off of duluth highway by the hospital no but um yeah i mean they can definitely find us just type in type in Gwinnett drugs on Google you can find us you know you ever have anyone have an issue problem any pharmacy based issues just we're good about you know we don't like we said we're not always trying to make the sale so sometimes we're just getting calls and educating people and then we see them three months later um, so you know it's 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 a very different concept well thank you so much Navi this was awesome this was so good to sit down and talk with you and get kind of your insights and and your journey going at drugs and we can't wait to see see where you go in the future we're excited yeah we're excited uh we appreciate the chamber that's been a big part of what we do i uh, appreciate being on the show and you know we're just um we're ready to keep keep the momentum rolling and you know staying in the game and staying in the game because <laughs> you just don't know so yeah we're excited and we thank you so much for um having us and um if there's anything else we can do you know we're here to do it. Thank you, Naveed. Thank you. Our next guest is Veronica Gabadia with Care for All Children Services. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. We are so excited to have you on today. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Okay, first of all, tell us about Care for All Children Services and what you do in your particular role. So again, thank you for having me, Sarah. So of course, my name is Veronica Gabadia, and I am the Executive Director well, founder and executive director of Care for All Children's Services. We are a nonprofit agency, and my role as executive director is to oversee everything that happens at Care for All. So we are licensed by the state of Georgia as a foster care and child placement and adoption agency. And we are considered a therapeutic foster care agency because we require a little bit more training of our foster parents than the average foster parent. Um, So the purpose is to reduce the trauma of the children that are coming into custody. That's why we provide the extra training. And so what we do is we ensure that we provide excellent services to children in foster care. Our children in foster care, we get a grade by the state of Georgia every three months by our monitor. And CAREFAL usually scores an A or A-plus on our PBP scores. So performance-based placements is what we do. And um, what we do is we recruit, we train, and we recommend homes to be licensed by the state of Georgia. So once the state of Georgia receive all of the background checks and all of the information, then they approve the home, and then we're able to monitor the home. So when we get the referrals from the different counties, we place the children in the homes, and we monitor the homes. We provide social services and case management to the children and the foster parents, and we're on call 25 hours a day, seven days a week to our foster parents. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, and I oversee all of that, from the finances to the hiring of the staff to the I assist with the recruitment of the foster parents, the training of the staff, the training of the foster parents, paying the foster parents, paying the staff. So as executive director, I you are a busy woman. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> and, and I always try to recruit at least monthly. I try to participate in some type of recruitment event because, as we all know, there's a need for foster parents. Absolutely. So. 
Okay, so you guys won the Community Contributor Award at yes. the uh, Small Business Awards, yes. which was so awesome for you guys. Thank you, and we were shocked. I didn't expect to yeah. win. I was just, I was nervous. I was shocked. It was great. It well, was great. When they announced that you guys were, or when they started reading the, yes. the bio, you yes. kind of get the, yes. kind of get the sense that, oh, this might be me. Oh, wait, yes. this is me. Th- that's when I knew when we won, <laughs> when I started reading the bio, when he started reading the bio, and I just started, like, I grabbed my stomach, oh, and I no. was like, oh, my God, we won. And I had one of the regional directors of our college park office with me and I grabbed it and we just shook hands and everybody at the table was happy and I was like okay I can do this I can do this let me not fall when I walk on the stage let me not that would be my luck yes yes so it was exciting I mean it meant that everybody in the community is acknowledging our hard work and they can see what we do and I don't know who nominated us but I'm so honored to be nominated and to have won the award and um we're just so we're just so happy to win because now it shows that our hard work, people see it. You know, it's not Absolutely. just the kids. The kids feel it because when our kids, we treat them like they're our own kids. We don't treat them like they're foster kids. And we encourage our foster parents to do the same. So now other people, somebody else see some of our good works that we're doing for us to be nominated and for us to have won. So we're, we're very grateful. We are grateful. Well, we were so excited yes. that you guys won. Yes. That was awesome. That yes. was an awesome treat. Thank you. Okay, so the Community Contributor mm-hmm. Award, that one recognized your organization. Although small, you guys make a big difference in the lives of others. Speak a little bit to the mission of Care for All and give us a little story, if you can. I know... Yes. We kind of have to be, you know, discreet and not give too many descriptives. But um, give us maybe some stories of life change that's been made here in Gwinnett County. Maybe some of your favorite stories. Absolutely. So um, CareFall's mission is that we are dedicated to strengthening families one home at a time by providing quality foster homes for children. So what that means is that we intentionally recruit quality foster homes. So when foster parents or potential parents come in the door and say, I want to be a foster parent, we, we have extra requirements. You can't just say you want to be a foster parent. Not only do we do background checks and fingerprints, we actually ask for a little bit of blood. <laughs> in reality, we do. You have to have a, you have to pass a medical, you have to pass a physical, um, and all of these are required by the state, but we require a little bit more. We require a little bit more training. So the state requires a training called IMPACT, and that's 23 hours. CAREFAR requires IMPACT plus about 40-plus hours of oh, training. Wow. So we do understanding trauma, forms, policy, and procedures, discipline with care, because we don't want to allow foster parents to use corporal punishment when redirecting negative behavior because some of these kids come into custody for unmanageable behavior by their parents and they use corporal punishment and ends up being child abuse and child neglect. So we require a little bit more training to our foster parents than the average agency, which makes us a specialty agency. So we live up to our mission, which is we're dedicated to strengthening families. So if a parent come in and we don't discriminate against you, but if we feel like you have some weaknesses or some things that you need to work on in your own personal life, we ask that you work on that and then bring us proof that you've you know, been to treatment, been to therapy, counseling, or whatever it may be. Then you come back because we want to enhance your household. Absolutely, we don't want to be a burden to your household. You know, so if you don't, if you're not making enough in your income, we don't want to give you two extra mouths to feed when you can't even when you can barely feed your own kids. Right. You know, or provide medical insurance to your own kids because all foster kids they do receive health insurance from the state of Georgia, but we want to strengthen you. We don't want to cause you any more 
trauma in your own home in your own right, home. right so your second part of your question was for me to give you some examples of yes. some stories that's made a better Gwinnett so one that I have is I had a we had a sibling group to come in a sibling group of it was five kids three siblings and then two siblings and we put them in a same-sex foster home I was actually because I didn't know how to let go so I was still being a caseworker and an executive director and I was visiting <laughs> the home and um, one of the little girls when she saw me she was afraid and she thought I was coming to take her because she had been in so many homes that when mm. she see the social worker she she was afraid and so it took a long time for us to um strengthen in her that she was safe and she was she wasn't going to go anywhere right. her parents rights were terminated and this was her home and um the first parts of the visiting with those children they used to do stuff like turn the lights on and off to make sure they had electricity the foster parent was a baker so she would bake cakes and all of these different things and um, she would go and open up the stove to see if the stove was if the stove was warm. And I'll tell her, you know, you're too young to touch the stove, but the stove is on. You guys have heat. You have food. You guys oh. can cook food. So the trauma that those children experienced was actually traumatizing to mm-hmm. me to watch the way they responded to little things that we take for granted. We give foster children these duffel bags, and the duffel bags has toiletries in it, like a toothbrush, toothpaste, soap, deodorant, underwear. And when I gave them their duffel bags, she was shocked that this was for her. This was her own toothbrush and her own toothpaste, and she didn't have to share it. That was traumatizing to me. But that, those two foster parents, they adopted all five of those children. Oh, my goodness. And those three children was one sibling group, and then the other two was another sibling group. And the fact that they adopted those children, those children are still here in Gwinnett County. They were Gwinnett County kids, and that was a successful adoption that that was just amazing to me and then when they when they got adopted they still come by the office sometimes say hi they're changed they've changed their names so sometimes when i when i greet them I, i'm used to the old names but now i'm learning how to call them by their adopted names and the oldest boy is in college i mean god it, it just it's amazing goosebumps. it's amazing <laughs> when you see the progress from where they came from the, i mean when they first came the sibling group of two the boy was hiding under our conference room table he was so afraid and frightened. And now to see him now in high school and he's, he's, he's flourishing, it's, it's amazing to see. And that's one example. Another example is we had a sibling group that came from Hall County, I believe. Mm-hmm. And those children, they come from a trailer park. They've never slept in their own bed. And we had this foster parent with this beautiful house in Snellville. And each child had their own room and had their own bed in these big king-size beds. So the kids didn't know that they can sleep in their own bed. They were they were so used to sleeping on a couch that sometimes the foster parents would get up at night and she would find them in the laundry room next to the dryer because they weren't used to it. She would find them in the living room on a couch. And then we had to we had to condition them and treat and, and teach them that these are their beds. They can sleep in their own beds. And um, they said, "Can we jump in the bed?" I was like, "Yes, you can <laughs> jump in the bed. Let's have a pillow fight." And just them, it, it took it took a while to get them to separate at night to stop going in each other's room or stop coming together in the couch uh, on the couch at night. But eventually, they start sleeping in their own rooms and they start making their own beds and. Just seeing that progress from when they came into custody and how thin and frail and malnourished they were to when they actually got adopted, 
it was amazing to see. It was an amazing transformation. So that's why we do what we do for those little those little things like sleeping in your own bed and having your own toothbrush. It's, it's amazing. That is so rewarding. It, it's like amazing. That's, you've got to go home at night and just feel... With that, with that same smile you have right now, all the time. Well, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes yeah, I, I smile, but I, I smile because I know that I'm trying. I give it my 100% with every child that's placed with Care for All. I make sure that I would treat them the way I would want someone to treat my children had they come into custody and needed a safe, loving home to be in. So that's why we don't let anybody become a foster parent. You have to make, you have to pass our test. That's right. And you have, you have to meet certain standards because we want you to treat the kids the same way we would. And it's so funny because when kids come to the office now, they look for me or they look for Mr. Smart because they know we're going to buy them whatever they want. <laughs> they say they hungry. We going, what do you want? What do you want to eat? We use, we using our money and we're going to buy them whatever. And he's like, Miss Veronica, we just ate and I'm like well he's hungry so let's he can ride with me it's okay it's all right so the kids know it they look for us because they know we're gonna spoil them I mean who else is gonna spoil them exactly. we're gonna treat them a little bit extra a little bit extra special that's you know because awesome. that's how we treat our kids for sure you know? for sure yeah now what do you think some common misconceptions of foster parents are and foster parent or agencies that um, are constantly looking for new foster parents what do you think what would you want people to know about becoming I know we we dived a little bit into it but what would you want people to know about becoming a foster parent what do you think are some common misconceptions so I believe some misconceptions are that the children are the children are kind of um, evil or the children are they're going to kill you. We, I think it was some twins on the news in Georgia that they killed their mother, but that was their mother. And so we have people to come in the door and say, well, I remember those foster kids and they killed their, they, but that was their mother. They weren't in foster care. They had been in, in and out of the system. So some people think that some of these kids have psychological issues so bad that they can kill you and it's okay. But that's really not the case. All of the children that's referred to care for all, we refer every child to therapy. Because even if you take me away from my husband and children today, I'm going to be traumatized, oh, so I'm sure. going to need some therapy. So imagine doing it to a six-year-old little boy or a four-year-old little girl. So even if, if, even if they don't need therapy, we refer every child to counseling, and we let the counseling tell us if they need therapy or not. And so regardless of whatever they come into custody for, whether it be abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, um, abandonment, just deplorable living conditions the parents some parents just surrender their rights they just can no longer care for them some of these children they don't have mental health issues some of them do but that doesn't mean that they're going to harm you as a foster parent so i believe some of the myths are some foster parents don't know that all children have health insurance through the state of georgia our children receive a clothing stipend through the state of Georgia. Care for All is on call 24 hours a day, and all of the children are referred to counseling. So you have Care for All that's on call for you. You have a therapist that's on call for you. We support you. So if you can't get off work to take the child to the doctor, Care for All staff will go and take the child to the doctor for you. But we don't want to parent the children. We want you to be the parent. Absolutely. We're supporting you. So we don't, we don't like when the parents try to take advantage of that. But I think some of the misconceptions is it's not enough money, which, you know, it's never enough money. Right. I, nobody gets paid no. enough money to do anything. So the way we pay our foster parents, it depends on the needs of the child. So when we have medically fragile babies, which we have a lot of, we need placement for them. Those children who are bedridden, those foster parents may get a little bit more in their per diem as opposed to, I hate to say it, as opposed to a baby who is a um, six-month-old baby with no medical conditions and 
mom just surrendered her rights and we just needed a placement. So that baby, we're still going to be able to pay that foster parent a daily per diem, but it won't be as much as a child who has a medical condition, but it will be enough to, to sustain it. And care for all, we take care of our foster parents. So if you come in and you're a foster parent and we give you a sibling group, you better believe Care for All is coming with some groceries. We go to the grocery store. We go to Sam's. We get diapers. We get wipes. We get food. We make sure that you have enough food to sustain you until you receive your check to make sure that the kids are fed. Because, like I said, we don't want to set you up for failure. We want you to be successful. And we want to be a good placement until the children are able to return home. Or maybe you're going to be able to adopt these kids. It really just depends. Every case is different. Tell us Thank where you. people can find out a little bit more about Care for All Children's Services. So everyone can follow us on Instagram. I hope I say it right. My daughters laugh at me. So <laughs> Instagram and Facebook, and I said follow us, right, at Care for All Children's Services. And four is the number four. It's not FOR, it's the Care for All Children's Services. And then you can always come by the office at 1174 McKendry Church Road, Suite 100 Around Back in Lawrenceville, Georgia, 30043. Or you can reach us at 678-719-9677. Awesome. Thank you so much, Miss Veronica, you. for coming on today. We so appreciated it. And your smile is just so infectious. I just <laughs> love you. it. Thank if you've you. never met Miss Veronica, you need to call to Care for All Children's Services or go by and Thank see you. her because she is the sweetest lady and her smile is just super Thank infectious. You. So you. congratulations again and thank, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yes, And ma'am. thank you guys for honoring us. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Our third and final guest is Mr. Glenn Cruz of UGA Small Business Development Center. Hey, Mr. Glenn, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thanks for coming in. We're excited to talk to you today. I'm excited as well. Good, good. Okay, so tell us about a little bit about the Small Business Development Center and what you particularly do in your role. Well, the Small Business Development Center, we're, we in Gwinnett are one of 17 around the state of Georgia. So if you're in the state of Georgia and you're a small business person, and you're looking for some help, we've got a center somewhere fairly near to you. Um, Our focus in Gwinnett is Gwinnett, and I say Gwinnett-ish, because a lot of people in the Gwinnett area sort of live in South Forsyth and North Fulton, and so we do pull from from some of those areas Mm -hmm. as well. The idea is that we have uh, offices around the state to make it convenient for people to get access to our services, which basically consists of our our main uh, services are one-on-one consulting with small business owners. And we do that at no charge to the business owner. Um, We're funded by the Small Business Administration. That's about 50% of our funding. So there's your federal tax dollars at work. And then we're also funded by the University System of Georgia. So there's your state tax dollars at work. And as such, our grant funding enables us to provide those services to small businesses at no cost to the small business. We also do some training classes. Um, We have some modest fees associated with that. They really deeper dive into very um, broad business uh, topics. We've got a class going on right now that's got about two more sessions to go called Grow Smart which is targeted at businesses who've been in business for two to three years, generating you know, 300000 and above in revenue and are at an inflection point in their business and need to work on maybe certain aspects on marketing, maybe HR, maybe looking at a new line extension, something like that inside of their business. But it's actually to help them grow their business smartly, if that's the right, the right word to use. Hey, so, we use all kinds of language here, so we're good. <laughs> but, but at the bottom line, our tagline is we're here to help Georgia businesses grow. We see as each of us as clients or as consultants see 
up to probably over 100 clients a year. And we spend, um, you know, on average about eight to 10 hours with those clients in consulting services uh, one-on-one. And again, I always tell people, it's real easy to figure out what your bill is going to be. You take the number of hours you spend with this, multiply times zero, and that's what your bill will be for our one-on-one consulting. So we have great research tools. We can help people, whether they're looking at a B2C business or a B2B business, we've got great research tools that we can use to help you look at market uh, conditions. You know, what's the supply and demand in a given area? Where are there opportunities for for businesses? And um, do some assessments that you just wouldn't be able to do as a small business person because the tools are relatively expensive. But, you know, when we spread that cost over 17 centers and about uh, 50-plus consultants, uh, we were able to uh, leverage those across the, you know, across the Georgia business uh, uh, establishment. And then what do I do? Yes. Um, I'm, the, I'm the area director, which means I work for everybody in the center. We've got uh, three other full-time consultants and one part-time consultant. Two of our consultants are brand new. I've just started about, about five weeks ago. Oh, wow. And so they've gone through our onboarding and orientation process and are about ready to start seeing clients. Um, they're, uh, they're a great addition to the team. And then we've got a colleague who had left and came back, and she's doing part-time work for us as well. So we've got much more bandwidth available. We've gone from two people to four and a half. And so we're real excited about 2020 being able to serve more clients in the Gwinnett area. That's awesome. And my, my job is uh, I, get, I get to push some paper around, and, uh, but I also get to work with each of the team members and, and with other centers as well. So we do as much collaboration as we can amongst our colleagues, but we also collaborate with people in the community. So the chambers, one of our, we consider them one of our partners and one of our colleagues. We're open to any kind of cooperation. If you're trying to make small businesses be successful, you know, come and talk to us. That's, that's our charter. I love that. I love that. Cooperation is key. Okay, so you guys won the Advocate Award at the Small Business Awards. Congratulations. Thank so you very excited much. for y'all. Yeah. What does winning that particular award mean to you guys at the SBDC? Well, I think it encapsulates what our mission is. Mm-hmm. You know, we are an advocate for our clients. Uh, when we meet with our clients, we'll tell them, even though you're not paying us for the services we're providing, we're your consultant. We're here to help you be successful. We will help you with uh, writing a business plan or doing financial projections. You know, if you're looking for a bank loan or you're looking for investors, we can help you with that as well. But we're really, because we're university focused, a big part of our charter is to make certain that we're educating small businesses on how to run their business better. Mm -hmm. So we're not doers for them, we're doers with them. So we ask businesses to come into us and say, you know, when I, the, a, a successful client engagement or a session is when somebody leaves and say, wow, I've got some homework to go do. And we basically say, great, you're getting it. You understand what we need to do. And the reason for that is not because we, not because we don't want to help them, but we want to help them help themselves. Right. And because we're, we're supposed to see a number of clients over a course of a year and spend a relatively modest amount of time with them, we want to add value when we do that, but send you a way to go, you know, maybe we can give you some tools, introduce you to some things that you can go do your own research and then come back in a session and say, okay, let's see what progress we've made and then how do we go the next direction. So I tell people we're not a, we're not a tow boat, we're a tugboat. Mm-hmm. We'll bump you along, we'll keep you, you'll keep you on the, you know, the right channel. And a big part of that is you don't want to be as a small business person in front of a loan officer or an underwriter or an investor and not understand your business. right? Because if you don't understand your business well enough to communicate it to a potential investor in your business, 
they're not going to invest in your business. So we tell people, we won't write the business plan for you, but we'll help you with it. And we'll do editing on it. We'll help you with your financial projections. We'll make certain that if you're going to go in and your business is what we call bankable, um, before you get in front of uh, the the bank um, officers, we'll make certain that you've got a package in place that they understand, and we speak it to them in terms that they understand. And we'll, you'll be able to present yourself as a viable business because we don't want you going in there and being disappointed because uh, you just really weren't prepared. So we do advocate on behalf of our clients, and so winning that award was particularly spe- special to us. And um, I know this was a new twist on how the chamber does small business awards mm-hmm. so we're quite pleased to be the first winner of the uh, of the advocate award and uh, you know it's not going to change what we do but it's certainly a source of pride for us absolutely i love that Alrighty, so the advocate award that you guys won goes to or went to a company that strengthens community small business environment talk to us a little bit about the different avenues of support that the sbdc offers small businesses in gwinnett well there's three things i've covered uh, I think two of them, um, and, and partially a third. The big thing is one-on-one consulting. Uh, that's where we really can get down and help a business get into specifics about their business. And that's at businesses at any part of the business cycle or business life cycle. Uh, we're, we don't just do startups. As a matter of fact, only about 25% of our clients are, are startup businesses. Um, we'll help anybody who's in business, um, has been in business for multiple years. We've actually got sort of four categories of businesses that we look at. When you look anything that's defined as a small business by the SBA as a potential client of ours, and you look at like the construction industry, that's a business that's got a small business is somebody with $50 million in revenue. In IT services, 35 or $37.5 million in revenue. So small businesses, as the government defines it, is relatively large business. So right. we encourage them to come in. And we don't have to – I tell people, I don't have to change your engine out. I might need to just help you change your oil. So if you come in and you're saying, my problem is I can't find 1099 employees or I'm not managing my employees well, maybe we can help you with putting together an HR manual or putting together an employee manual. Or I do need to go get some growth financing, financing, or I need project financing. We can help them put together a plan to go do that. So, it isn't it isn't required for a business to come in and do a deep dive reconfiguration of their business. Maybe it's just a fine tuning of it. Mm-hmm. So we encourage people to come back to us. So, once we take a business through startup, they get funded and they get started. We'll sometimes say, "Well, I kind of like coming here. Can I come back?" It's like, "Yeah, you can come back anytime you want to." Um, we're here to help you. So I always I use this line all the time. Um, Ronald Reagan famously said the nine most feared words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> but I tell people I'm from the government and we are here to help. <laughs> so um, so do come and come and see us. Where do you hope that the SBDC will be in five or t- even 10 years? Well, well, I hope we continue to be fully staffed. Um, I think we'll actually, I actually think because of the robust growth available to small businesses in the Gwinnett community, will be where we are right now, which is at the UGA campus off Old Peachtree Road and I-85. I think we'll be, we may even be bigger than what we are because there's just that much opportunity in Gwinnett County. Uh, Gwinnett County is poised to be the number, the largest county in the state of Georgia. Oh, in a few years. Yeah, and, and that's going to happen quickly. The other thing is about that I find exciting about Gwinnett, and a, and a challenge for us as well is it is a, a majority minority county. 
Um, and it's going to even trend further that way. So when you look at um, some numbers that the uh, Atlanta Regional Commission has put out about where the growth is going to come in Gwinnett County, and it's going to come in more diverse individuals, more diverse businesses. So our challenge in serving Gwinnett County uh, businesses is we need to, we need to be uh, fleet of foot and uh, clever enough to be able to address them and some of the uh, the challenges that we'll find because of that diversity. But you know, what an exciting area to be in where you've got that kind of potential growth and that kind of diversity. You know, I think Gwinnett County's got just such a great opportunity to be successful and continue to be successful. Definitely poised for success, for sure. And I know that the chamber will be a big uh, big part of that and give you guys some props because you guys have been very, very active in the community. And we, you know, we're out here for the same, we have the same ob- objectives and same goals, which is Let's make small businesses successful in Gwinnett, and let's make Gwinnett County a great place for small businesses to start and thrive. Okay, so where can people find out more about UGA Small Business Development Center? Well, you can find us at georgiasbdc.org, not a .com or .org. We are affiliated with the University System of Georgia, so we're part of the Public Service and Outreach Organization. Um, and that is part of UGA that is taking UGA assets, capabilities, and moving it out into the community, not necessarily through the traditional academic vehicle. So you don't have to be a student to take advantage of PSO assets. So that would be 4-H, so that would be Extension Services, that would be Carl Vinson Institute, that would be our continuing education um, colleagues. And a Small Business Development Center is, is a, a big part of that. So look us up at the web, on the web. You can find each of us, each center has got its own set of classes that are available if you're interested in, in learning more about how to run your business better. We encourage people to look at that and take advantage of those. In some instances, like we just recently ran a class that was uh, at no charge for businesses to come in. University of Georgia Procurement came over and did a uh, session on how to do business with the University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the lady who came over who was in charge of procurement said one of her great success stories is somebody who made a unique lemonade that is now sold at the Tate Center and I think is in some of the food service facilities over at UGA. So it's also great to see part of what I call mothership UGA, University of Georgia, reaching out into the community and saying, hey, we want Georgia businesses to do business with us. And, um, you know, whether it's through the Georgia Grown programs or just that, that community outreach, we can be instrumental in introducing our clients to some of those companies or, or some of those entities that are out there trying to do business with them. So that's exciting when you get to see uh, get to see something like that. And uh, and she was excited. She said, I, once I found out it was in the uh, Tate Center, it's the first thing I went. And I went and got a, lemon, <laughs> a special lemonade. So that's pretty cool when you get to see that kind of uh, dynamic going on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Glenn, for coming on today and being with us. And congratulations again to you guys over at the SBDC for winning the Advocate Award. It's very well deserved. Um, You guys are really, really making a splash in small business here in Gwinnett County. And we are so fortunate to have you guys here. Well, we we certainly do appreciate it. And we tell, I'll tell anybody who listens to this podcast, if it's not you, but you know somebody who needs help, pass the word along. We get, we were talking early on, or before we started, that we get a lot of, uh, wow, I didn't know you existed or you're the best kept secret around. Neither of those are good outcomes <laughs> for us. So uh, spread the word. We're here to help. And uh, we welcome the opportunity to serve the uh, Gwinnett County small business community. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on today, Glenn. We, we're thrilled to have you.
Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And also a big thank you to all three of our guests for joining us today. Naveed Tharwani with Gwinnett Drugs, Veronica Gubadi with Care for All Children Services, and of course, Mr. Glenn Cruz with UGA Small Business Development Center. This has been the Gwinnett Chambers Radio Show and Podcast Member Spotlight on Business Radio X. You can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Member Spotlight. Until next time, I'm Sarah Persing, and you've been listening to Member Spotlight on Business Radio X. (laughs) 